You are listening to Faith Church's sermon from this week. We are a church that is committed to loving Jesus for life and loving others to life. We hope that this message encourages you to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Clyde Baumgartner. Clyde is an ordained minister. He has served in the Bible Fellowship denomination since 1986. Um, he's now a counselor at Christ-Centered Counseling Ministries. Um, there's some information in the back for you, but I'm sure that Clyde would also be, be willing to answer um, any questions you have about that. But also, how I know um, Pastor Clyde is he was my teacher at LBC. He taught me biblical counseling. Um, he's a good teacher, and you know, we, we work together because he gave me an A. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but he's, he's, um, he's a really good, um, I, I really look up to him a lot. I think that he, he will give you a really good message. So come up, Clyde. Um, uh, turn on your mic. Just make sure you have your mic on, and we'll, we'll get along with the uh, service. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Landon. Yes, it's true. He did get an A. And... Uh, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say this. I think he's a great writer. I don't know if you've ever read any of his writing, but I think he does really well at writing. So, um, and he had to do a lot of that in class. Actually, all the students did, so yes. Um, Clyde Baumgartner, yes, you've, heard, you've seen this. And uh, we have some stuff about Christ Center Counseling Ministries out in the back. And feel free to, I think I'll probably just run out there afterwards and be there so that if you have any questions, you can, you, I, I can try and answer them, so that's good. Um, my family's here. I want to say that. My wife, Lisa, just wave, Lisa. Uh, okay. And my daughter, Elise, and my son, Malachi. Yes. And we have friends, the Moors, who are with us, too, and they, they actually don't live too far away from here, so that's good. Yeah. And... Uh, we're, we're excited to be here today to uh, proclaim the Word of God. So um, here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to pray, and then I'm, I'm going to go back and get a couple of things behind the piano, okay, that I'm going to use this morning. And while I'm doing that, once I pray, if you would pull out your sheets or get a hold of your Bibles and open them to Psalm 131. But let me pray first, okay? Father, may the words of my mouth... And the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So pull out your sheets. I'll be right back with you. Actually, today, as we are, uh, as we're going to be looking at the Word of God, we're going to be on a journey. Okay, this is my walking stick, okay? We're, we're going to be on a journey. What kind of journey are we going to be on today? Well, to learn better how to worship the Lord. And you say, well, what are you talking about, Bob Gardner? Well, that's what, that's what this psalm, I think, is about. We're going to be talking about anxiety. We're going to be talking about worry. We're going to be talking about stress. It's true. But... The big part of this, and the answer, I think, to this, the simple answer, okay, is that it, it, it's about putting our hope in the Lord, okay? And um, Psalm 131 actually is the second shortest psalm in the Bible, okay, or in the, uh, in the Psalter, okay? 
Anybody know what the first one is? Okay. It's only two verses. This is three. And uh, what, what we're going to be taking a look at here is, um, I believe, a psalm that really has a lot to do with our lives today, okay, and how we think about our lives today. So, here's my first question for you. <clears throat> how calm are you today? How calm are you today? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it out loud. But I want you to think about that. How calm are you today? Um, what kinds of things are on your mind as you come here today to worship the Lord? Maybe things to accomplish later on today or ways to get those things done? I, maybe I should ask... Um, any of you cooking the meal for afterward? Not necessarily a bad thing, but... Or maybe a sick family member to care for, okay? Maybe that's true. Maybe um, a distraught friend who needs counsel. Maybe you know somebody who, uh, who really could use a word, and you're trying to figure out, how do, you, how, do I, how do I talk to them about this? Where do I go? Okay? Or maybe a way, um, as you think about what, what, you're, what you've come to worship today and, uh, to, to be, and thinking about, a way to bring more, home more money to provide for your family. Maybe that's what's on your mind today. Maybe you're struggling with that, okay? There are lots of things that could be on our minds. There are. Lots of things that don't necessarily bring calmness and quietness in our soul, but they keep on screaming. You're, you know what? You're not, you're not going to be able to do that, Baumgartner. Um, I've told this story many times when I'm in the counseling room, that 3, three o'clock in the morning is really a bad time for me because I wake up and I start thinking about, no, I start thinking about um, uh, how are we going to be able to make the mortgage? How are we going to be able to do this? Oh, I've got to go do that. I've got to go talk to somebody over here. I've got to... And I get myself worked up into a lather many, many times, okay? Um, the question is, how do we calm ourselves in those times? What is it that we should be doing? What is it that we should be thinking? Uh, my wife's got a great, uh, uh, a great solution to that, a simple one. When she's woke, woken up, she prays, <laughs> which is a great idea, Okay. Baumgartner, he, he struggles a little bit more with that, okay? But it, that, that, that's a good thing to think about as we think about these things, okay? Is there help? Is there hope for someone who's having trouble sleeping at night from the scriptures? Who's dogged by the nagging feelings of being overwhelmed, being too busy, feeling like you can't get it all done this week? I believe that we come to a psalm today that helps us to think about that. And I believe it helps us to understand better um, how I should think about what we will call today stress, okay? Or anxiety or worry. I'm sure none of you ever have any problems with that, so maybe I should just sit down. But no, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. So again, as we come to this psalm, 
Landon read it for us. I want to read it again. You're going to hear it several times throughout this sermon because I think it's great. It's short, but it's great to keep thinking about what is the psalmist. And by the way, you noticed who the psalmist is here, right? Who is it? It's David, okay? David, who's understanding and trying to write about what's going on in his life, okay? So here it is again. A song of ascents of David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Now you'll see um, a theme. It's on your sheet that I want to put in front of you to think about as we go through this. Because of our circumstances, we need to hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, who has died and has, raised, has been raised from the dead. Now, I don't know if you think about this. You're probably, if, if you're like me and I'd be sitting out there, I'd be saying, Baumgartner, we haven't talked about Christ yet. We're in the Old Testament. I want to I go there eventually to show you that, in fact, I think David, okay, is, is thinking through some of these things. And uh, Christ is who? He's the son of David. You, you remember that from the, from the Bible, from the New Testament, okay? Many or several people, blind Bartimaeus is one of them, called him son of David, okay? So we're, we're going to be going that direction. Again, why, why am I carrying these things? Well, here's what I think is really neat. So I come walking onto the scene here with these things, but to worship, okay? That's actually what, and you may have seen this, the title of this psalm is called A Song of Ascents, okay? And this is about Israel going to the, different, the three different feasts that go on, okay? One of them would be Passover, another would be Pentecost, and another would be the Feast of Tabernacles. And as they go, what they do is they're coming um, to Jerusalem and they're walking up the Temple Mount, okay? Obviously ascending, right? Song of Ascents. And as they're doing that, they might be thinking about some of the things that we talked about earlier here. Um, maybe something like this. Uh, as they're singing back and forth to each other, they may be thinking... Um, hey, I wonder if the preparations for this feast that I have are going to be good enough. Did I bring the best sacrifice? Do I have the food ready for the, for the week? Am I going to be embarrassed in front of so-and-so because of what I brought? Or they might be thinking this and thinking about what God thinks. Will he accept my sacrifice? Am I, and, and, am I coming with the right kind of attitude? when I'm sacrificing. It was about getting their minds and their hearts focused on the right things to meditate on when coming to the feast. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Again, we're going to keep on talking about this, but again, go back to what I said earlier. When you walked through these doors this morning, what were you thinking about? You were, you were literally coming up. <laughs> okay, I came up the ramp, all right? But you're coming up to, to the church. Okay, at least to the building. Are you ready to worship? And I think a very good thing for us to think about every Sunday that we come to church. Okay? Well, 
First, uh, first question, it's on your sheet. Actually, I think it might be the second question on your sheet. What's the recipe for a calm and quieted heart? I'm going to start with this, all right? I guess I can put my lamb down here, all right, and my, and my walking stick, too. We might come back to use them a little bit later. So, um, and my hat. That would be good, too. Okay. Um, so what is, what is not what we ought to be thinking about? And you'll see this here in the, in the passage, okay? And let me open my Bible so I'm here so I can read it to you right out of the Scriptures. I didn't do that yet. Okay. So the first statement here is, my heart is not lifted up. Well, this is not a recipe for what we ought to be thinking about. That's how he starts off, isn't it? It's interesting, okay? He's telling us that his heart's not lifted up. What's he saying here? I would suggest to you it's an, it's an attitude of arrogance. And as I thought about this, and no doubt I'll say a Jewish person th thinks about this, one of the people that might come to their mind, again, in Jesus' day especially, uh, would, he, would be think, he could be thinking back to um, the prophecy of Daniel and us thinking about Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you remember this in, in, in uh, Daniel 4, but Nebuchadnezzar, who was the greatest man living because he had the greatest empire under, underneath him, um, he, he was actually, uh, he had a, a dream, Daniel, Daniel told him and, and interpreted, he would actually be arrogant enough to say that God is not bigger than me, I'm bigger than God. And Daniel actually said to him in, in, in chapter 4, look, king, I'm really concerned because I think what's going to happen is because God's told me this, that um, you are, you are going to turn into a beast for seven years, which is a, a, a strange thing. Well, that's in, in, in fact what happened to Daniel. I'm, I'm sorry, to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar thought that he was the greatest. And what did God do? He humbled him, okay? Very interesting, I think. A proud person who was humbled here, okay? Um, this is the statement in Daniel 4.30. The king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built my, with, by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? There he is. He's very proud and arrogant. It's not, the recipe is not about having a heart that's lifted up in arrogance. It's also not, secondly, and you'll see this, okay, again in, in uh, in the next statement here, okay, in Psalm 131, my eyes are not raised too high. What does that, what's that talking about? And I think the translation you read actually talks about haughty, being haughty, okay? I love this. Well, I don't know if I love this, but um, I love showing you haughtiness, right? It's like this. Well, I'm better than all of you. Looking down my nose at people, Okay. That's what I think of when I think of what the psalmist David here is telling us, okay? What is not the recipe for a calmed and quiet soul? Looking down my nose at others, thinking I'm better than they, okay? And then thirdly, this is also, I think, well, um, I think a, a very interesting statement here too, okay? Um, he says... I do not occupy myself with things too great 
and too marvelous for me. And what's he saying here? Um, I'm going to suggest this. A way of life, a walk, that is all about things too great or great matters for me, aiming for, looking, and being great in our own, on our own, chasing after things that are impossibilities for me. And here's the statement, occupied with overwhelming opportunities. Where's my, where are my eyes? The psalmist says that if I'm looking at things that are too great and too marvelous for me, I'm not going to be calm. I'm not going to be less anxious. I will not have a quiet soul, he's saying. And here's the example that came to my mind as I was thinking about my life, and maybe you can identify with this. <clears throat> no doubt some of you in this room are very good with your hands. You can hammer a nail into a board. You can put things together. Maybe, maybe there are some contractors here that could even you know, build this church. Well, Baumgartner's not that, okay? Not at all. Um, he can barely get a nail into a board, all right? And he doesn't think about building. I, I'm not very good at that. What if, what if I decided, I said to Landon, Landon, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you guys out. We'll build, we'll build like a, you know, a little uh, um, add-on over here, and I'm going to take care of it. I don't think you would know whether I could do that or not. If I'm thinking about this and thinking, I can do that, no problem, and I have no skills, what's the issue there? I think that I'm thinking about things too great and too wonderful for me. I can't do that, okay? I'm saying that the psalmist is telling us here, we do that sometimes. We take a look at things and we say, oh, we're pretty, I'm pretty good with it. Hold on a second. Are you? Are you looking too far ahead? Or are you looking at something that's not what you should be looking at at this point? Very interesting to see that here, okay? So, let's keep going. I want you to hear um, this statement. I think this is really good, a really good statement from C.S. Lewis. It's a quote. So listen to it. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And, of course, as long as you are looking down, what's he mean by that? I would suggest this, that if I'm looking at this thing that's too great or too wonderful for me, or I'm thinking about how, how much better I am than you, or I'm thinking about how great I am, okay, what am I doing? I am not looking at the person that I should be, and that's where we're headed with this, Right? The person that really can help me calm and quiet my soul. That's God. I'm not looking up. I'm looking here. So, what is true calmness? That's the next question to answer. What is it? Well, I have another uh, example here that I want to put in front of you. Okay? <clears throat> Certainly many of you who are uh, women in this room are going to get this. Most guys are too, I think, okay, as fathers or even just knowing about children. But I think it's interesting to think about this. That's where the psalmist goes. Do you see it here in verse 2? But I have calmed and quieted my soul. How? Like a weaned child. Do you see it there? Like a weaned child with its mother. 
like a weaned child is my soul within me. That's the example that David gives. Okay, David had a few kids. Um, and so he, he probably, and he had a few wives too. And so he probably understood and watched this happen in front of him. Have you, right? Um, when my children were little, probably this little or even smaller, what did they do? Give me some food. I want it on. Okay. Kept on going. All right. You know that. And, and what's, the, what's, the, what's the issue there? Well, they, they need food. They're hungry. And you've got to give it to me. Okay? Interesting, when a child is weaned, okay, what's happening there? The child says, yeah, maybe I'm hungry, but if mom sits me down over here, and uh, I know that lots of other times, they're not saying this to themselves, okay, but mom, mom knows that I know I need this. What's happening? If they're weaned, they wait because they know that mom's given them this before and she'll do it again. Very interesting to think about that and the way David talks about this, okay? So, I believe that one of the things to pick up from this is this idea. It's a picture of, okay, of not wailing for what she or he or she can give, but waiting for what's best. And I want you to hear this, and then we're going to read a, a passage of Scripture that I think talks about this very well in the Old Testament. But this idea of waiting and reliance on God, knowing that He can and He will do what is best. Can I say this? I think you agree with this, but I, I'm going to say it. Every time. Not just, oh, most times, but there's times that that's how I act <laughs> when it comes to God, because I want to go and get it as soon as I can. But God tells us to wait and rely on him, and we need to wait. Listen to this from Isaiah 40, and you're welcome to turn here, beginning at verse 25. To whom then will you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your... Who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall so what do we take from this? Here's what I'm going to suggest. I say on the paper here, what are we to learn about God, about calmness and quietness of soul from this psalm? Number one, learn that pride, needing to be in control, thinking and trying to do things that are too great for me, they do not bring calmness and quietness of heart. You may say, no, duh, Clyde. I know what that's like. 
But you know, why do we keep on banging our head against the wall so many times and not listening? I would suggest to you that there is some unbelief there on our part when that happens. Pride. That's why. Number two, trusting in the Lord to help me accomplish what I need to do is all I need. Doesn't mean I stop doing. It means I do what I do in dependence on the Lord. So Proverbs 16 tells me that I should make plans for things, but I need to remember it's God who makes those plans succeed or fail, okay? And I've got to keep thinking about that as I'm going through some of these hard times and trying to figure out what do I have to do? Oh my, I, gotta... I need to keep thinking about God who is the one who's helping, helping me, helping us. And then number three, I think, um, first of all here, be like a child. Trust and hope in the Lord. And I'm going to give you a definition that comes from a, a man by the name of Paul David Tripp from a book that he wrote called War of Words. And I like this. It's a very good definition. Hope is a confident expectation of a guaranteed result. Let me say it again. Hope is a confident expectation of a guaranteed result. Result. Confident expectation. As I'm waiting for God to help me, I'm depending on him, do I wait this way? Oh, I don't know if he's going to do it. I don't know. He might. He might not. Or am I waiting this way? Yes, Lord. I know you're calling me to wait. But let me help me, Lord, to rehearse all the things that are true about you. Something that, uh, that struck me as Landon was talking about prayer just a little bit ago. Jesus Christ in Romans 8, well, Paul tells us this, but he tells us what happens when Jesus Christ returns to heaven. Do you know where he goes? To the right hand of the Father. And you know what he does? He's not playing tiddlywinks. He's not looking out over here somewhere else. Do you know what he's doing for us? Do you know what that means? He's standing between God and me, and he's saying, look, don't, Baumgartner sinned again. <laughs> he's pretty good at that. But don't, don't forget, don't forget, Father, that, and again, I think the Father is saying the same thing. He understands. But don't forget that my blood was shed for him, and he's justified in your sight. So, Nah, that, that sounds a little bit unfollowed. So I was going to say, give him a break. God will do that, okay? He will, he, will, he will help us in those times. That's what Jesus does. It's a great picture. Go to Romans 8. You'll see it. It's really neat. And I want us to think about with this idea of hope that a confident expectation of a guaranteed result is exactly what we're going to get when we wait on God. In whom, in what, is your hope? Who or what are you trusting today? This psalm says, O Israel, O brothers and sisters, I'm going to say in Christ, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Consider what could come our way this week. What could come our way? You may have a mild heart attack. You may get a bonus check at the end of the week. 
and as you've been working a good bit of overtime this past month. Your parents, maybe you're a young person here today, and your parents don't seem to understand. You've taken your smartphone to your room again. When they've asked you not to do it twice before, you loudly remind them that you need this to stay in touch with what's happening to your, in your friends' lives. They don't see it that way. So they take your phone for the weekend. Maybe, once again, for the 10th time this week, you and your spouse haven't seen eye to eye. When you've been disagreeing and talking about, about it, one or both of you haven't said things to each other in a loving or caring way as, you, as you've sought to work through it. You both agree that you're tired of having to work so hard to communicate God's way. Can I suggest to you that there's hope? <laughs> there's hope. Not in what I can do. Not in, um, well, maybe I'll say something that'll just work this time. Okay? No. There's hope in the God who tells me to wait on him and the God who will work in my heart, in my wife's heart, if, if we're struggling with that, okay? And I can count on the fact that he will because his word says so, his promise to us. So, is there help? Is there hope? Yes, there is. How calm are you today on your journey? What kinds of things are on your mind as you come to worship the Lord? Oh Lord, my heart's not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh Israel. Oh faith church. Hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Yes, Father, it's a privilege to be here to talk about this great song, about situations that can come up in our lives and about how we should respond. Lord, I thank you for David. I thank you for the, the ways that you have used him through your word. Um, to teach us. Thank you, Father, ultimately for showing us yourself and showing us how to respond to you in times of disquietment in our soul. And, Father, help us to be quiet and composed and calm, knowing that you are the God who will help us. Thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus, who is also our great helper, our great savior, our great Lord, and the fact that we can rely on him, his prayers for us, his work in our hearts by his spirit. And Father, help us to come to know things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it encouraged you in your walk with Christ. You can find out more about Faith Church at wearefaithec.com. 